And welcome back to the final uh, half hour of Green Rush Live, our regularly scheduled business of cannabis talk show that we do here on Pro Cannabis Media from 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern time every week. We love when we can get our Pacific Coast time uh, people involved with us. Uh, we love to connect both coasts. And, and Josh Kincaid is with us from Washington State. He hosts the Talking Hedge podcast that is uh, all pretty regular, isn't it, Josh? I mean, you do them. How many a week do you do? Josh, I post five shorts, 60 seconds or less, one a day. And then I'm only doing one now, Jimmy. I'm cutting way back. Fifth and final season, the Talking Hedge. Um, then my next live is Tuesday next week. Um, but I'm really cutting back. So I don't I do not do five uh, a week anymore. But it's still um, still a lot of content out there. All right. And uh, and speaking of content and content creators and, and uh, contributors, uh, right now, I'm, I, I think I see your hand over the... <laughs> the lens but uh, jill goldsbury who is our new jersey correspondent for we talk news was talking with us just a matter of seconds ago it's so frozen yeah she's frozen he is frozen so if she can still hear us she should log out log back in and get back in the room but we'll talk josh out of the conversations that we've had over the last uh, 90 minutes um there's been some really in depth conversations at a very, uh, I hate to use the word high level, if you will. Um, what are some of the things that you picked up on from Michael Correa or even from uh, Jason Bellow from the, the flower trade show guy or even uh, Bruce Barcott over the last 90 minutes? <clears throat> yeah, it just kind of shows me that the industry is normalizing where layoffs are normal. Um, you know, people are trying to to expand and do things like Jason is is moving from California to the Northeast and expanding and bringing his his experience. I think that's phenomenal. That's great. Um, but you know, learning that Bruce got laid off uh, and and Michael got laid off is not surprising. Whether it's a nonprofit or a publicly traded company, uh, I think that times are tough and that there's going to be more layoffs and cutbacks and um, things of that nature. Where consumers are doing the same thing, businesses are no different. And so really the, the kind of takeaway for me is that this industry is normalizing and I feel like MSO importance is kind of coming down. That multi-state operator is not as important. It's not that big buzz that it was where we're try trying to start to look at the local level. Like in the last segment, Jason uh, was talking about the Northeast and events and how important that's going to be. Or Michael was talking about local levels uh, of, you know, whether it's Oregon or Oklahoma or California that have access and what's going to happen with those distressed areas and how that might turn over if we have interstate commerce that we mentioned with Bruce Barcott. All of these kind of things are opportunities for that industry to kind of expand and normalize into an everyday um, agriculture or, or normal product that you can or should be able to go out and consistently get is what I'm hoping um, in the end that we can kind of normalize it, go out and get the same thing consistently. There's these great edibles. We were talking about terpenes last time. Uh, Swift is this brand name that have THC and CBD, but they also have equal parts of CBN and CBG. And so CBG is great for inflammation, um, just kind of like CBD, but CBN is great for nighttime. And so when you get all of those and, and you get them all at the same time, a friend of mine has a double lung collapse. And so I'm trying to find these for him and, and it's hard to find and he can't move. And 
um, it's, it's, it's really painful for him. So I would love to be able to find those consistently. And so I just made my store, we have 1800 SKUs so I can understand how maybe they forget to reorder or whatever. It's, um, one of the annoying parts of being in Washington state is having too many options where the uh, software doesn't work or people aren't checking the bins or whatever. So hopefully in the end, uh, it'll be even more normal and you can get your stuff consistently. Um, without waiting. And I think we've got Jill back. Hi, Jill. Uh oh, we can't hear you now. Now we can't hear you. So uh, talk to Dan and we'll, we'll figure out the technology here. She's muted now. So maybe she needs to unmute and then we can get her to talk to us. Um, I mean, you know. <laughs> it is Still can't hear you, Joe. We were talking to her though before the show. I mean, this is we were ready to go. No, it's how it works. Oh, wait, I gotcha. We gotcha. Okay. Yeah. I gotcha. Jill, you're from New Jersey. Hey, yeah. we were talking about New Jersey. So I'm really glad that you're you're back with us and you can share with us because in New Jersey, that market is evolving. It's it's really starting to pick up. Uh, you know, not only did you have um, Cure Leaf going in and then coming back and coming back in and again. But you now have opened up some new dispensaries, and now other people are getting chances to open up in in the New Jersey area. Um, and I understand that there was also some awards in New Jersey last night, the first yeah. awards for the market in the cannabis space. Why don't you walk us through what yeah. that's all about and tell us what's going on? Go ahead. Definitely. Yes. And New Jersey is definitely exploding right now in the cannabis scene. Um, last night, this was actually, I believe this was the second, uh, the New Jersey, New Jersey Cannabis Insiders Awards. It was last night in Carteret, New Jersey. If you know anything about New Jersey, you'll know. Have what exit? Oh, sorry. I don't know what exit it is, but it's out there. <laughs> it's past Ordell. I know that much. Okay. It's not a place sorry. I frequent. Um, but yeah, I was at the Cataract Arts Center. It was a big gala, you know, very, you know, festive. You know, I'm kind of dressed festive for the, you know, award season. Award season commentary, you know? Um, so yeah, they had a lot of awards they gave out, like um, Excellence in Cannabis Law that went to Alana Hans Cohen of Poshman Stein, who's also been named um, Insider New Jersey's uh, top 100 cannabis uh, on the power list there as uh, here as well. And she's also very familiar with uh, minority and women-owned businesses and social equity. So she's definitely someone to seek out if you are looking to, uh, you know, for an attorney. Um, and, um, you know, there were a lot of- Do you have of like the best dispensary? Do you have like the best yes, yes. anything like that? Yeah. What do you got? What are the other categories? Exciting, exciting awards that we want to know in New Jersey. Okay, some of our New Jersey natives, uh, winner in production and innovation. Uh, I'll give you the list of nominees, though, just so you have an idea of the type of nominees. Um, AYR Wellness, Block, Butter Cake, which is a brand that a delivery uh, service and edible brand, Canna Spyglass, Future Ethogenic Medicines, and Miss Grass, who's also um, you know, very familiar with her and her products. Um, so the winner was Butter Cake by um, women-owned women -owned company CEO Martha Figaro. She's out of Jersey City, actually, and she's also of, part of. I think I've heard. Yeah, of yeah. You probably have. She's all over the award, the um, conventions. I know she was at MJM Biz, and you know she's out there, and she's also part of our BCB Masterminds. Um, cohort as well. So shout out to them. Um, congratulations to Martha. Uh, excellence in social equity. That went to 
Hoffman Centers. That's Michael Hoffman. He's an attorney who focuses on social equity and expungement. Um, minority business owned owner, business owner of the year. There were several categories there. Uh, Roll Up Life, who you may have heard about. They've been having some issues in New Jersey recently. Um, Simply Pure, that's Tahir Johnson. Uh, Canpowerment and Blaze Responsibly. Blaze Responsibly wound up being the winner there. And um, you can find them yeah. on Instagram. You can see they've got pictures of their win and they're on stage and everything. It was, it was a big night. It was a big night. So, so let me, let, let, let's talk a little bit about the, the overall scene of uh, cannabis in, in New Jersey these days. I want to ask about the media because that's my baby, obviously. Yeah. Um, is cannabis being followed by traditional media? Uh, did anybody cover that event? Was like NJ.com there? Were any of the TV networks there? Anything like that? Well, I know this was NJ.com's event. So they, uh -huh. so they covered it, obviously. Yeah, they were definitely. <laughs> um, I did not see as much coverage from the mainstream publications yet or media, but, you know, I'm sure, you know, we'll see something sooner or later. Yeah. Um, probably, you know, the next day or so we'll, we'll hear more about that because some of these companies are pretty well known in the industry and in the state. Um, you know, like our friend, Jill Cohen, she won best CBD dispensary. All she right. All right. Yay. Congrats, Jill. They, Jill. Dan knows Jill. Dan knows yeah. Jill. Absolutely. <laughs> Over in Maplewood. Yes. Yeah. All right. Good for her. She's, yeah. I love the passion of the people that are in this industry now that uh, the business owners, everybody's in it together. We all know the challenges of this industry. And if you can make it in any kind of um, acclamation or recognized, being recognized by your peers, it, it, it's worth, it helps ease the other stuff that goes on. Like, you know, can we pay our bills? Are we paying our bills? You know, that sort of thing. And it, it, it's, a, it's really been challenging out there. So yeah. for those of us on the West Coast, what is NJ? I'm looking at the New Jersey Cannabis Insider 2023 Awards from NJ.com. But what is NJ? NJ.com is a umbrella of New Jersey media. Uh, it's NJ.com. It includes like NorthJersey.com, all the little... Is this state? Is state-owned, non-cannabis related? No, it's non-cannabis related, but they have a cannabis portion that they started to cover all of New Jersey cannabis. Yeah. Um, and it's by the state. Is that, is that right? It's by the state. Oh, that's state awesome. Paper. So it's not, yeah. this isn't like a cannabis uh, guy who's like, Oh, I'm just going to, or girl, whatever. Like, no. This is like the state yeah. doing this. That's it's pretty unique. Part of, yeah. It's actually part of NJ.com and um, okay. shout out to their, um, you know, editor Jelani for um, Jelani Gibson for, you know, hooking up all the information I needed for today. I appreciate that. So Yeah. <laughs> Was this a revenue play or are they really interested in doing it? Because they only waited 14 months because the first sales in New Jersey were uh, uh, 421 of last mm -hmm. year. So right. barely a year, um, not a whole lot to to really give awards based on. So did they are they running out as like we truly want to like have New Jersey be this this cannabis thing or are they like maybe we can make some money off of it? What was your take? A little bit of both because there is a it is subscription based. There are articles that you can read, but the you know the more important articles that you're going to want to read, there's a subscription. There's a paywall for that. 
Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's a revenue, there's a revenue portion, but there's also an informative portion. They host events around, around New Jersey that are informative. They get entrepreneurs, cannabis entrepreneurs together uh, with various events. So yeah, there's definitely an educational aspect. There's an entrepreneurial aspect and yes, of course, a revenue aspect as well. But yeah. were the winners, were they yeah. seem to be like the appropriate winners or did you see some people who were like, oh, they happen to be the sponsor. I wonder if that was a pay to play system, like all the other award systems. Did you feel like the, they were deserving? You know, I can't speak for the law firms, but the people that I know personally that did win, I believe they are very well deserving of that because um, I know that they've been going at it for a while. They've, you know, put dotted all their I's, crossed all their T's. They've done everything they need to do to be compliant and be in that space. So, yeah, I think that mostly everyone has been well-deserving in that, in their work. Yeah, except for the accounting one, because accounting buds should have won, okay? For the best cannabis accountant service in New Jersey, our pal Rick Leneve should have won, okay? But you know what? Avis tries harder, too. You know, remember that saying, right? Doesn't sometimes you have to try harder to get to the top of the mountain. And uh, give me next that's a good job. I want to make sure I give him a shout out because uh, you know a big accounting firm won, big deal. They have more employees. You know, it that this it's a popularity. You could vote a million times, Josh. Okay? Yeah, I know it's popular contest. That's the worst yeah. part about it. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and I voted once. I'll admit. Okay, I voted once for Rick. <laughs> You know, I like to do things the right way as opposed to the long, whatever. Um, hey, hey, guess Jill, who, let, let, guess who won recreational dispensary of the year? Who's that? Oh, that you'll never believe it. It was a a pop dispensary in Maplewood, also. So Maplewood's uh, Maple, Maplewood's mm. sweeping up awards here. All right, hey, guess who just joined us? Guess who? Guess who's coming to dinner? Hi, Levana. Uh, and there she is. That's Lavana Nassau. She is. Uh, a, a San Francisco-based media person that's now living on the East Coast. We don't need to tell people that. But we're really hoping that Lavana is <laughs> going to end up being our California correspondent. I met her last week at CWCB, and I'm so excited that she finally figured out how to get in. So, Lavana, thank you so much for joining us. Yes, you're welcome. That was a comical amount of uh, uh, Chevy Chase mistakes as I made to get in. Thank <laughs> 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 for having me, though. Apologies for being so late. No, no, no. That's all right. It means you only get 10 minutes, but we'll, we'll be happy to, to get to give you an opportunity to talk a little bit about who you are, what you've built out there in San Fran and, and uh, you know, someone who has a tremendous amount of experience working in that California market, which, as we all know, is the number one market in so many categories, including the one that is the most messed up, I'm sorry to say, right? I mean, because it's, it's just, it's big and it's, messed up how how did that happen in california if you have all the money in the world and everybody's into it and the california is the, one of the biggest states if not the biggest state outside of new york uh in the country how did it get screwed up is my question um you know uh, the colorado market was the first legal market and that was the testing ground for the entire country but it's such an incomparable population and demographic to California being so big, seventh largest economy in the world. California, uh, you know, is the biggest supplier of cannabis and was, you know, I don't know who, I may maintain that, but, you know, New York, where we met, is the biggest consumer market in the world. Right, right. 
you know, not necessarily in, in the context of cannabis, the biggest market in the world. And New York was already before legalization, the biggest market in the world. <clears throat> but yes, we are, we have 20 million acres of farmland. We have a 20 year uh, legal, you know, meaning uh, medical, uh, you know, culture and market existing. Um, and so there was a combination of things. I mean, the factors to why, um, but, you know, I, I think last year at the CWCB Expo, um, in terms of like the success of the, the, the metal, uh, the recreational market, you know, the black market was already going strong. And a lot of the people that are now considered black market or whatever, just were just doing what they were doing on the legal medical market beforehand <clears throat> became the black market because of regulations and whatnot. And I don't know, you know, what happened in other states, but in California, um, it was definitely, from my experience, from day one, being inside working in, <clears throat> I was working from day one in legal, going through the transitions with uh, various companies in Sonoma County in the Bay Area and back in the in the cultivation area, but like listening in and knowing all of, a lot of the people onboarding personally was like, for one, nobody put in charge of the BCC, the Bureau of Cannabis Control, which is now the DCC, the Department of Cannabis Control, had experience in cannabis. Um, there's this, uh, you know, sort of idea, even though it becomes normalized, that people who have experience in cannabis are somehow not qualified to run the cannabis industry. Mm -hmm. So, um, mm -hmm. like the regulations became, you know, as they were written out, just didn't have. <clears throat> any of the uh, actual people, stakeholders, opinions and, and, and expertise until very late in the game. I think about two years ago, finally, somebody on enforcement, a few of the people that became in control started to be um, become uh, in charge and give some real like life input. Um, <clears throat> so regulations were a mess rolling out. Of course, um, the, you know, they, they, one of the things that, that, that I, I'm coming to, you know, with cannabis in general is the overregulation. All it really does is really fuel the black market because if there's such a leap to become uh, regulated or, you know, become licensed, then uh, it, ma it makes it impossible. And so, um, you know, they had all cap on licensing everywhere. They also allowed a lot, all of the counties and municipalities to make their own decisions around things. And a lot of like, uh, one of the biggest examples that people are know about right now is that there's only to this day, five years into legalization, been six cultivation licenses given out in Mendocino. There's, and there's had to be formed all these, co yeah, six. Wow. So there's hundreds of farmers and families, and we're talking third generation families that, right. that farming and, and thriving off of this forever and naturally should have been given, you know, licenses, but the county restricted it. The county had a history of restricting uh, these businesses. And, and so. And yet you have Glasshouse Brands that's ran by a, a retired cop who's sending out t literally tons and tons in the back door, which is the whole reason why the, the, I think that's the epitome of the California market is you have one of the largest producers selling deliberately in the black market because they're opportunistic, even though they are from the law, they came from the police department. They don't care. And they put people in jail for that. And one of the things that, uh, that, you know, that's kind of being talked about right now is like getting a legal license is like a license to trap. 
So that's a perfect example of them being able to do that. Um, <clears throat> you know, uh, as soon as, I mean, look, it, it was what it was like, because they made survival as a, in the, in the legal market so hard. Another example, like somebody told me is, you know, locks are made for honest people, you know? So the, the most honest people really trying to, to, operate on the legal market right now or being held back uh huckleberry held farms i did an interview with him on a on a live he popped into a live and you know explained he's making he's cost him right now to to grow on the legal market four hundred dollars a pound he's getting paid three dollars an eighth uh through the very complicated streamline of the you know this this uh not dispensaries the the um wholesalers yeah uh, and they're not paying them out. So he's sitting there, you know, if you're farming and growing, you have to have that timely, you know, funds coming back in so you can plant and grow and afford your nutrients and everything else. So, you know, that's the, probably the, the bottom line right there, uh, why the market is failing and they want to blame the black market a lot, but if they weren't just, that's causing, you know, also the supply chain. So, uh, they brought in five agencies in the beginning. They kept adding agencies on. So the regulation costs in the beginning uh, start game became so expensive over and over again. But that, that also put a lot of people out of business. We've yeah. got just a couple of minutes left, but Jill, I'm wondering if you've got any concerns or been hearing concerns on the East Coast about the fires, the West Coast were kind of used to it. Um, anything out of like, any advice out of California that you can give to the East Coast? <laughs> and seeing a lot of advice uh, circulating around online about you know what we have to, what we should be doing here, what you guys have been dealing with in California, and also um, back to what you were talking about that just happened here. We're seeing that here a lot with people trying to do the right thing. They can't open, they can't get their licenses, so they are going to turn to black market and they're getting shut down. I mean, we just saw that yesterday. You know, I know you posted about it, Lamana. I saw you post about that as well. So. That something new. I, I worked with a company up in uh, Canada called Agromo Botanical, and they were one of the first 15 companies to get a, a uh, international export license to Canada. They got slapped on the wrist for selling before the 2.0 in Canada allowed them to sell vape pens. They got slapped on the wrist. They kept doing it. And then they were publicly traded. They got caught again. And they got they lost everything they lost international license they lost everything and i just it's so stupid we should be learning from these experiences if you need help get a co-op work together with one another don't be stupid because you're going to get you're gonna you're gonna lose eventually so learn from our experiences on the west coast if you're on the east coast and you need some help reach out it is a community even though it's somewhat competitive there's people that have learned things that you can learn from just reach out don't be dumb that's right. And it and don't point fingers. It's not about fault and blame. It's finding ways to make it work. That's what this industry needs to figure out. It's the collaboration inside competition, but it is collaboration that needs to happen in order for the, the, the common good. And California had a very good medical program going, and then they screwed it up by opening it up to the adult use. And that's that, and then it became craziness over there. Anyway, hey, Lavana, thanks for the effort. You got on the show. You're welcome here anytime. We look forward to having you on as a regular. Jill, I know you met Lavana in New York. So you guys now are peeps and you're in the hood. So I expect the two of you will hang out and, and have a sesh together or whatever you guys do. <laughs> and and Josh, uh, thank you so much uh, for being out there, out in Washington State. It means so much to me. And uh, you've been so helpful. And I've made it through the show. 
and, <laughs> and with only about five or six hacks. So that's not too bad. I'm very happy about that. I have not been 100% since I came back from uh, New York City, but we still put together a very cool new show. It's coming up right after this. And uh, a reminder that every Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern, we are here talking about the business of cannabis. So please remember to like, share, and subscribe. And always remember, it's a whole new world of weed out there, okay? Use it responsibly. Thanks for watching, everybody. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Don't forget to smash that like button on your way out and check out these other videos that we've got. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Infused, a cannabis talk show, is a one-of-a-kind look inside the cannabis industry. Meet the amazing people who make cannabis businesses bloom as they join host Nick with Francesca and Mike for creative cannabis conversations. Get an honest look at the business of cannabis, including trends, best and worst practices, products, education, and advocacy. Whether you're kind of curious or running a cannabis, Infused has can of conversations that count. Infused is available on YouTube and is now streaming as part of the PodConnects network. Network.